Hello there, and welcome to Casual Fridays, the podcast where themes are discussed through personal anecdotes and storytelling. I am your host, Dada, and this podcast is brought, is brought to you by my channel, I Read Aloud. It's on YouTube, and in, on this channel, I read fairy tales, short stories, children's stories, poetry. And if you like such content, make sure to subscribe. You can find me under I Read Aloud. Uh, if you can't find me in a search because my channel is still um, a young channel, you can just in the search box um, write at the at symbol. I Read Aloud, all one word, and um, my channel will pop up. Um, I also want to say that my podcast is now on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Samsung Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, as well as a few other platforms. And if you like to, um, you know, listen and not watch a video, because on YouTube I post a video of the podcast, uh, I put snippets of the podcast on TikTok and Instagram and also Twitter. Um, and if you would like to just listen instead of watch a video, you can go on these other platforms. Today's episode is titled Death and Living. Death has been a topic that has always fascinated me, but I noticed that people get really uncomfortable when I open uh, the topic of death as a conversation. Um, and that too fascinates me, the fact that people are always uncomfortable around the topic of death. And I'm fascinated because death is inevitable. Everybody dies. You, you live, you, you are birthed, and you die. And no matter what your beliefs, whether you believe in heaven and hell, in reincarnation, in judgment day, uh, in atheism where death is final, there's nothing else after it, um, in the end there is no cheating death. So I've always wondered, um, is it that people are just um, afraid of the topic, they're afraid of their mortality? And do they believe that if they don't talk about death, they just sweep it under the rug and it won't happen anymore? I don't know uh, what what exactly their their psyche is and all this, but uh, I do know that you have to be prepared for death. And if you don't talk about it, how can you process it, whether it happens to loved ones or to you yourself? When death happens to you, well, it's going to happen to you. When it comes to your doorstep, sometimes you are forewarned about your death through a disease. It doesn't happen suddenly. Um, how are you prepared for it? Are you prepared for it legally? Are you prepared for it emotionally? Are you prepared for it, you know, uh, with your family? And when death happens to loved ones, how do you react to it? Are you prepared for death um, that happens to others and are you prepared to grieve? Do you know how to grieve? And um, this is something that I know about firsthand because I definitely did not know how to grieve when I first encountered death. My personal journey with grieving has been a rather rocky one. The first death I experienced was that of my grandfather 30 years ago. I was in my early teens, and at the time I was in total denial, 
And I remember being so harsh with my mom. I saw her crying and I just stood there and, you know, sometimes with the harshness of, harshness of children, I just told her, you know, at least you're not suffering anymore. And of course, she cried even more at the time. And I remember even after that phase, I didn't at all open the subject with her. I didn't comfort her in any way. Now, I know, of course, I was a child, but still had this topic been discussed in our family had, you know, we discussed death as a family, I would have probably been more um, amenable to, you know, to grieving myself and to helping my mom grieve as well, even if I was 12 or 13 years old. My second uh, experience with death was that of my grandmother that happened around 10 years ago. And at the time as well, I was in total denial and I was stuck in the anger phase for more than a year. I couldn't cry for a year, really. Not one tear was shed. And I was so close to my grandma. Those who have been following me uh, from earlier, they know that my grandmother lived in the same building that we lived in and basically I saw her every day and she was really my sanctuary when I had problems at home and uh, so losing her was was a big deal for me and the funny thing is that at the funeral I actually yelled at people at the end of the service uh, because they you know like uh, people got very emotional and they started crying again and I just <laughs> stood in the middle of church and told everybody no one cries <laughs> and that was like really and I'm now thinking back you know to that moment I'm like okay people must think I'm totally crazy <laughs> but I was so unprepared for uh, the death of a person who was so close to me uh, I didn't know how to handle it and so I thought okay I will be strong I will not cry and that's how you know it is the best way to deal with it we should not cry over the dead we should not grieve the dead. And so <laughs> um, the, the thing is, though, that a year after, you know, my, my grandma passed and when I started crying and I started reading more about death and grieving, I learned more about grief and I actually learned how to process grief more. And, you know, grief sometimes is not just about uh, death. You can grieve leaving a job you've been at for 20, 30 years. You can grieve parting with someone who's still alive. You can, I mean, there are so many cases in life where grief uh, takes place. It's not just a thing that is tied to death alone. And so it's so important for us to learn about grief. I'm not going to go through the stages of grief and all that. You can easily go Google it and, you know, you'll find the information online. Uh, just Google stages of grief and you'll find all the information. But the important thing is not just to read about it, but to actually acknowledge it and to, uh, to learn uh, or teach yourself how to go through the stages of grief when, when you're in that situation. And so, uh this the third event like major death event that happened in my life was the death of uh a neighbor it happened last year and because by that time i had learned how to grieve i was able to process uh, the event in a much different way and um i know that sometimes 
people don't like to hear this, but um, I am someone who celebrates now. I celebrate death as I celebrate life. And I remember when my neighbor died that evening, I was having a beer and I literally drank to her, you know, drank to her, I know, well-being to wherever she is and, you know, just drank to her memory. And so the, the importance of grieving is really tantamount if you, uh, and it will help you to appreciate uh, living more. It will help you um, cherish and appreciate time with people who are around you uh, more and more. So the acceptance of death is really something important for everybody, I believe. Now, uh, even if you don't believe in a God or a creator, and you believe that death is final. Um, I, th I think it's really interesting that in the end, your body will decompose and become part of nature. And somehow, you know, there will be like birth after the death, even on a, on a cellular level, just a physical level. And that's um, why I believe that we should celebrate the death as we celebrate life. And the way I imagine my own funeral, and I know this is something shocking maybe to some of you to hear now, but uh, I really believe that uh, a, a funeral should be a celebration, should be a party. And I mean, in the end, you celebrate uh, birth through um, showers, you know, baby showers and other celebrations. And you celebrate things in life like graduations and marriages. And so I celebrate death as well. I mean, if, uh, I mean, that's the way I imagine my death, a party where people will drink my favorite drinks, will listen to my favorite music, will, uh, you know, toast to my life, will remember beautiful moments we have together. And, I will just really celebrate my life and not my death. And, and that's something that I view as, as important, at least to me. And the reason I want to celebrate and not have, you know, this uh, very sad, you know, funeral that's, that's uh, traditional uh, nowadays, it's because funerals in the end are for the living. I mean, the person who's dead is dead, regardless of if they have an afterlife or not. That's not the point. Um, funerals are there to help the living to accept that a death has actually happened. And funerals are there to comfort the living. And so why should you go through all that experience um, in, in like sadness and depression and people like talking about the disease and I don't know, whatever other things that are ugly in a person's life. I'm talking about the end of that life. There's so much left to celebrate and there's so much more to celebrate in a person's life than the final moments and the misery of an illness or, you know, the last moments of a death or the tragedy of the death, right? In some cultures, there are death doulas who prepare people who are dying for death. And it's the same concept as, you know, when you have a birthing doula or a birth doula who helps the mother prepare for birth. And the same way that the mother has to be prepared emotionally for the birth, the person who is facing death has to prepare emotionally uh, for the death that's oncoming and, and to find peace in it. And also, I'm sure death doulas also work with families for them to accept the death that's, that's oncoming. And of course, we're talking here more about a death that is anticipated and not a sudden death, but still, 
You know, I believe that when you accept the the presence of death as part of life, you appreciate life more, you enjoy your time more, and you make sure you make the most of your life. And you kind of um, work on yourself and to try to have the least amount of regrets when you are about to part this world. Um, because sometimes when you reflect, you take the time to reflect on, um, you know, your life, um, you will notice maybe that you've been working too much, missing out on family life. Uh, maybe you're not speaking out uh, and, and expressing yourself properly. And, and so you've been silent for, uh, you know, a lot of your life and uh, you want to change that. You don't want to live with your head down. By accepting the certainty and reality of death, you could enhance your your living situation, your life, not necessarily, I'm not talking about like money, uh, about the quality of life. That's very important, the quality of life. Uh, when you're conscious of the fragility of life, um, you may also change your priorities. Of course, you're not going to go around all day long thinking about death. That is not possible and that is not conducive to good mental health either. But it is important to check in with yourself every once in a while to evaluate or reevaluate your life and to reevaluate the way you are living and assess, most, most importantly, assess your quality of life. What are, what are your priorities? What are the most important things to you? What are things you need to achieve or you would li like to achieve to feel that you've lived a full life? It could be traveling to a country you've never, you've never been to. It could be uh, going for a trip to the mountains and staying there and in a tent for a month or a year. It could be anything, diving, I don't know. Uh, anything that, that your heart desires. Do you want to reach the end of your life uh, with some regrets that you didn't do this or that? Or you regret the way you reacted or acted with people, uh, regret some situations or regret not spending enough time with loved ones or whatever it is. You, this is, this is what you want to avoid. So regret. Don't regret your life. Don't wait till the end of your life to assess your life and look at your regrets. Check in with yourself every once in a while. Check in with what you are regretting now and change it so that you won't regret it. And so you would live the best life possible. You know, in the end, no matter the reason we are here on this earth, no matter the theories and, and uh, you know, postulations and whatever, we are here, we exist here. And we have to make the best of this life. And for me, I, I live here and the best thing I can do is be there for people who are around me, who love me, and who I love back, my friends, my family, and even strangers I meet. I would like to impact their lives beautifully and not negatively as much as possible. Now, yes, you could come into someone's life as a lesson. I, I do get that. But you could minimize as much as possible interactions with strangers that are negative. And... For me, this is what, this is what makes uh, the quality of life a good quality, right? Anyway, this brings me to the end of the episode.
next week's episode shall be on life with my dog Evie. I want to create a bit of uh, a change, a, a lighter topic, because I've been discussing such serious topics lately, and especially today's topic was a grim one. So I thought next topic, you know, will next week will be about uh, something lighter and more fun, um, and especially that again, people always give you fairy tale versions you know, of everything. So when I first got my dog, it was like, oh, I have a dog. And then you live reality of having a dog. And so we'll discuss this <laughs> whole thing next time. Till then, I wish you a lovely weekend. And I'm sending you all my love. And I'll see you next Friday.